Hey, all you beautiful people. It's Mary and Hannah. Woo -woo. Thanks for being here with us. We love it. Our one year anniversary is going to be here in just a few short weeks. It has been one year already. Can you even believe it? I can't because oh I can God. remember sitting over drinks with a notepad thinking, you have lost your mind. I, I think you're still thinking. <laughs> you have lost your mind. So we have something fun planned for you guys. Oh my God, yes. But we're looking for a little something from you as well. We can't do it without you. You know we can't do this without you. We could, but it would be boring. What we want to know from you is, what has your favorite episode been? And why? Yeah. Yeah. Really? What made you laugh the hardest? Or what do you occasionally still think about or tell other people well, about? What, what do you tell people about that you have heard? Or what have you heard from us that made you need to go do a little digging? So comment us, message us. You can DM us on Twitter. You can email us. We're really excited to read all of your responses. So hit us up on Gmail. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit up. Hit us up on, you know, Facebook Messenger. Wherever is convenient for you, hit us up. Let us know. Just don't hit us. Ow. <laughs> Sorry. She's so mean. You left it wide open. I know. I usually do. So thanks for all of your support. And stay mischievous. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. All right. So, um... Can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. All right, ladies. Uh, welcome to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know, guys. Hello. Hi. That's <laughs> <laughs> all we got. Oh. I'm Mary Swartz. I have coffee in my cup. <laughs> All right, so I'm Mary Swartz. I'm here for Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. To my right is Hannah Green drinking coffee. Apparently she needs it. And to my left is Isabel joining us again. Yay! Because I'm pretty dang awesome if I do say my say so myself. I can't even argue with that. Can't argue coffee. with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Um Hi, everyone. Hope, hopefully we remember what we're doing. It's been a while since we sat down to record. Oh, it has. It has. So I have a story about that. About you guys not recording in a while? or Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Okay. So okay. everybody knows we just got back from vacation. Han and I took a 10-day vacation. <clears throat> Between that and me not working, time has a problem in my head. I really have a, a problem with time in my head. So What yes, day is it? So yesterday I get up and I'm like, okay, I got a lot of stuff to do before Izzy and Hannah come over. I'm going to get started. <clears throat> I don't get a text from Hannah. I'm in the kitchen. I'm baking cookies. I'm making potato soup for dinner. I start dinner for the next day. I make some homemade bread. And about 11 o'clock, I actually do start getting worried because I haven't heard from Hannah. And I'm going to text her. I'm thinking, no, because because she's an adult. She's a grown-up. She'll be fine. And then I realized that I haven't seen anything happen on the Twitter. There's no Twitter activity. Now I'm really concerned. <laughs> but because I know how my brain works, I'm probably freaking out too early. So, okay. So I decided to get on Twitter, double check, make sure, nope, 
She hasn't posted anything to our Facebook. She hasn't posted anything to our Twitter. And our episodes come out every Wednesday, and she's really good about it. So then I go back to our platform that we we um, upload to and that puts our stuff out. So I go there, and I'm like, why hasn't this uploaded? This did not come out automatically. Oh, I said to myself, I set it for the wrong day. How did I do that? Jesus. And then I look at next week and I go, oh, I did that one wrong too. I applaud you. Because I was a day ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, then I felt really silly. But I had to share that. Good job. So, Absolutely. <laughs> so yesterday I had an almost normal schedule as in I worked nine to five which doesn't happen very often. And so at this point, most of our listeners know that Isabel has epilepsy. We've touched on it here and there. And it's fantabulous. <laughs> because of some medication changes and things right now, they would prefer that Isabel is with someone at all times. I have three and a half weeks left. No, I have two and a half weeks left. I'm Ooh, so excited. I'm so excited. No kidding. Can't wait to stop being babysat. Um, so the plan yesterday was that her dad would come and stay at the house and work from my house while I went to work so that somebody's just at the house in case Isabel needs them. Well, I don't sleep super well. And for whatever reason, I had a really hard time sleeping Monday night. I kept waking up. Well, then when I did finally fall asleep about 4 a.m., I slept hard. I mean, like hard. Right. A coma hard. So... I'm a very light sleeper. Every noise wakes me up. My kids know this. I mean, they get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and they've taken two steps, and I'm yelling, what's wrong? Yeah, she's like, what are you doing? So Lee pulled in the driveway. I never heard his car door shut. I never heard him unlock the front door. I never heard him come in and shut the front door. I woke up to him standing next to my bed going, hey, I thought you had to work today, and he almost got a black eye. Well, I went to bed Sunday night and woke up at some point in time Monday morning going, I have no idea what hotel room I'm in. <laughs> I don't recognize any of this. <laughs> so the same night that mom fell asleep pretty much a coma leg, I was up till 2 a.m. because I just could not go to sleep. And... There was a little bit of a heavy wind, and all of a sudden, I heard this weird sound, almost like somebody was trying to open our front door. And it wasn't like the big tap, the big violent tap that Lee's used to doing the coat on. Right. It, it sounded like somebody was trying to open our door. Yeah, it wasn't the keypad. Yeah. So I get up, and I go, because our door has a window that you can look out of. And I'm short, so I had to stand on my tippy toes, of course. I look out the window, and there's nobody there. And then I realize I left our back door unlocked after I took the trash out. And in my eye, my eyes went insanely wide. Because you know somebody snuck in that back door. No, because I was afraid somebody was trying to, like, was walking to the back door. So I really quickly ran to the back door... And you have to push on it when you, like, go to lock, lock the deadbolt. Yeah. So I push on it. I lock the deadbolt. And then I lock the actual door itself. 
and I go back to bed and I still can't sleep because I'm still hearing sounds. And at this point, because now your imagination is just everywhere. Yeah. Because at this point, what if he got in before I got to the back door and he was back there behind me watching me lock it? And now I locked him in the house with me. <laughs> no, well, no, it wasn't even that. That's just, where my brain goes. My no. imagination just took the better of me. I went, oh my gosh, he's gonna try climbing, breaking a window and climbing in. He's gonna climb in. Something. Yeah. Yep. That's weird funny. noises in the middle of the night. I know. That creeped me out. I know. I hear weird noises. I'm pretty sure someone's hiding in the basement waiting for me to go to sleep because they're not going to come up while I'm awake and get right. me. They're going to wait till I'm asleep. All right. Uh, next Wednesday on the other podcast, Murder, Mischief, and Moscato, the episode is called Rock, Paper, Scissors. Do you remember that? There's another podcast? Yeah. Oh what are you gosh. talking about? <laughs> I do this really amazing Murder, Mischief, Moscato podcast. Oh, my God. We should totally listen to that, Isabel. Yes, that you should. amazing. Oh we God. need more followers. It's pretty, it is pretty interesting. I've heard it once. See, one, one of you has the knowledge. Thank you, Izzy. Well, she You're has welcome. the biggest She has the biggest side. She has more knowledge. <laughs> anyway, the episode is called Rock, Paper, Scissors. It was really funny. Um, Hannah covered the West Mesa Bone Collector. Yeah. And I did Choose Your Own Adventure. Yes, you did. I did. Um, the following week, Murder, Mischief, and Moscato is called Simmering Outrage. Don't remember why I named it that. We got <clears throat> The Origins of Fairy Tales, which was really kind of morbid, a little scary. And now that I'm thinking of it and going back and remembering it, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> okay. Fun fact, did you know a lot of fairy tales, or like the original ones, were actually extremely violent and yes. spooky? That's hey, what she hey, covered. That's that episode, girlfriend. That's what she well, covered. All righty then. Yeah. Uh, I did the shark arm murder. Yes, Which you was did. pretty cool. And we covered the case of Corey Brewer from Allegheny, Pennsylvania. Oh, we were just out there. Yes. Um, now, I know that there's an update coming out. We are recording this episode a little bit earlier, obviously. There is an uh, update coming out. It has not come out yet today, but it will be out this afternoon, and I'm going to check into that. On what? Corey Brewer. Oh, well, you he just... Has his, he has just, his preliminary hearing today. Okay. You didn't really specify. You just started like, oh, there's an update coming, and it was like, what did I... What? I know. Well, you don't even know we have another podcast, so I understand that you have no wait, wait, clue we, what's going we on. Wait, we have another podcast? Oh, my God. You know what, Mary? I might have to replace her. You might. Because she doesn't have the knowledge of the other podcast. I'm surprised she's not a blonde today. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. Are you sure? Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she naturally is a blonde and she just dyed her hair. That's what I tell people all the time. All right. October 3rd. National Boyfriend Day. Blah. That's only because you're single, Mom. That's right. And she should be a blonde. <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with me? What is me being... not a damn thing. I just I threw it in there. Say, what does me being single have to do with me being blonde? I don't know. I just threw it in there. Um, hello? Have you heard blondes have more fun? That actually <laughs> don't do ex- that again. <laughs> that actually explains a lot of your life. Don't encourage that behavior. <laughs> like, so get me with a spoon. Get me a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> she meant to say stab me with a spoon. 
Get two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so October 3rd recognizes the sweetheart in your life. I have mm. some things to say about this day. I'll get uh, to them. Coffee. Um, Mom's boyfriend is coffee. So, well, no, my boyfriend is wine. <laughs> oh, is coffee just your lover? I'm cheating on my boyfriend with coffee. Coffee's foreplay. Okay. Alrighty. So, like special days for family members, this day dedicates attention to the boyfriends in our lives. I personally am not allowed to celebrate this day because my husband objects to me having a boyfriend. I'll go, share my boyfriend with go you. Go figure. Wine. Whether the relationship is new or seasoned, boyfriends bring out you bring unique meaning to our lives. Um, so figure out what makes your boyfriend special. Okay, so, so no matter whether your boyfriend is energetic, creating, loving, kind, whatever, celebrate him all day long. My my thought on this whole thing is no matter how you choose to celebrate this day, let your boyfriend know you appreciate him. And maybe consider doing it more than once a year because we all need to be appreciated by the loved ones in our lives. True. I personally try to do little things for my husband to show him I appreciate him with, you know, just little things. I make the coffee before work and... I randomly buy my boyfriend kombucha because he loves kombucha Yeah, so I mean, much. just little things. You just little things to, to appreciate him. I don't think that this should be just one day out of the year. You know? I just don't. So I that's agree. My, that's my thought on that. Mm-hmm. All right. October 3rd. Well, I didn't like the days that came up, so I picked a month. She's blonde, so she just picks what she wants. She's a, <laughs> she's a purple blonde. She just does what she wants. Um... So, October is National Cookie Month. Oh my All gosh, right. I have cookies right There's next to me. There's cookies on the table. Isabel, what's your favorite cookie? Uh, if you all could, of them? <laughs> every single one. No, um, you could only ever eat one cookie for the rest of your life. Probably just chocolate chip. Normal chocolate chip. Even though I do love double chocolate, I don't think I could handle that for the rest of my life. Okay. Isabel, or Mary. Peanut butter. Peanut butter? Peanut butter. Mm, peanut just straight good. peanut butter? Or yeah. peanut butter chocolate chip? Nope, peanut butter. Just peanut butter. I love peanut butter chocolate chip too, but if I had to pick one for the rest of my life, which I don't want to do, it would be plain good old-fashioned peanut butter with the fork knives in the top. Nice. With the fork knives? Fork top. Fork marks. The, you <laughs> I know how you she, she, the top I, I'm teasing her because she said the fork knives No, in the I top. said fork marks. Oh, if you're blonde, you can't hear or speak. <laughs> Have some coffee. Okay, hang on. (laughs) Coffee. So let's get back to National Cookie Month. All right. National Cookie Month actually has a legitimate origin behind it. The purpose of National Cookie Month is to prep your metabolism for the holidays. Oh, for God's sake. So eat some cookies whenever you please. Also, it's also National Dessert Month. So you now have no valid argument against eating as many cookies as you want. I'll just have to exercise oh, more, God I guess. For God's sakes. Have you ever said no to a cookie and actually been happy about it? Nope. Yeah. A good cookie. You yeah. didn't specify good or bad. <clears throat> An absolutely delicious cookie that you love. So to celebrate National Cookie Month, you could bake cookies and share them with your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers. Apparently, I was doing that yesterday. Your yeah. belly. Like I said, I might just have to work out more if I'm able to eat more cookies and okay. all that. 
Um, you can visit your favorite bakery and support your local bakeries and buy cookies. You could try a different kind of cookie every day of the month. Yeah, you could. Don't forget to hit the gym. Don't forget to buy bigger pants. Because along with being National Cookie Month and National Dessert Month, it's also National Pizza Month and National Pasta Month. I might well, just have to tell my boyfriend about that because well, pizza and pasta are two of right. his absolute favorite foods. Just because you brought it up. Uh-oh. Is it also National Burger Month? No. Just because you brought it up, I sent you a picture. You want to open that up and take a look at it and tell me what you think? Um, this is a Domino's yeah. pickup. Mix and match, $5.99. We're not focusing on the sign. What the hell is going on in this dumpster behind it? <laughs> I'm really you glad I up. didn't take a sip of my water because I would have accidentally right. spit it over. We're gonna explain this right now. Is you this ready? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Is this pasta? No. Because it kind of looks like it could be. Sure does. What else could it be? It could be fat. It could it's be not, cheese. It's not. Oh my god, is this dough? Yes, it is. That does not look like dough. That well, looks here's, like... Here's the story behind the, the picture. In Louisiana, which we know is a warm place to live, they recently had a hurricane. Yes. So when her, the hurricane was bearing down on Louisiana, residences, residents and businesses, they're getting ready. They board up their windows. I, we don't live in hurricane places, so we don't know everything they do. But the Domino's Pizza in Cummington got ready. One of the things they did by throwing out all their prepared pizza dough into a dumpster because they weren't going to be open. It was going to go bad. So they threw in the dumpster. Oh, my God. They had power outages, out, out, power outages. They had a hurricane, and the heat was in the 90s. So high humidity, high heat. And what? how did we get bread to rise? Sat there for a couple days, and it grew, and it grew. Until it grew out of the dumpster <laughs> over that the side. sounds fantastic. My thought on this little tiny story tidbit is I'm really glad I don't drive the garbage truck that has to pick that up. Yeah. I, have, I, I, I just have questions. Questions that involve, was the entire dumpster full or were there, was there like garbage in the bottom and the pizza dough was on the top? Yeah. I didn't find how much they threw out. But I have to say, regardless. But I also know from personal experience Ugh. how much yeast can grow. And it feeds on itself. And it feeds on sugars. So if there was other stuff in the dumpster, it right. would have fed on the sugars that was in the other things in the dumpster. Well, Ian, I'm just imagining here that, you know, either the dumpster is completely full. So... You it is now. <laughs> so you and I both know that if you put dough in a bowl and you do not grease it, or in a pan and you do not grease it, when you go to flip that over... It just sticks to the side. It just kind of goops. slowly oozes, goops yeah. out, It and it's not yep. neat. Yep. You brought it up. I wonder it's how long it took them. Like, you know, the dumpsters, they usually, like, the electronic arm, and they lift it, and they flip it over, yeah. and everything goes... And then they sit it back down. I have no idea. I'm not. I don't want to drive that garbage truck. I think that's going to take a very long time. I don't want to. I don't want to drive that garbage truck. The dough to just mm. ooze out. 
Yeah. And um, I'm glad I'm not the one that has to clean it off the ground okay. where it oozed over the edges and out of the dumpster. I feel yeah. bad for the person who has to do that, actually. Because well, that's, that's going to be nasty. Yeah. Well, the whole thing's getting nasty. You got pizza dough, you got 90 degree water. And if you've ever smelled yeast that's been sitting for a long time, it starts to it's actually to ferment. Fer- yeah, it starts to ferment and it's not a good smell. I think it's ironic that she said it's National Pizza Month and it related to the picture you sent her. I know. She didn't know what that, picture I sent her. That was... She didn't know what the picture was that I sent her. I think that was fantastic. That was that was pretty neat. Yeah, I didn't know she was going to mention National Pizza Month, so... Alrighty. So, this little tidbit came from a listener. Okay. Deep within uranium mines, lizards were lurking around, attracting... Attracting... I don't know why that word sounds wrong. <laughs> because you have a dirty mind. No, I don't. It just... Deep within uranium mines, lizards are lurking around, attracting atomic waves and delivering intel on the Iranian government. <laughs> well, all, so, so I think we they need cannot, some more coffee. Hang on a second. So we, we can't trust lizards in uranium mines. That's right. At least that's what the... Iranian military advisor told media outlets earlier this week. A group of environmentalists... Has he been licking the uranium? So a group of environmentalists were arrested late January this year. And in their possession, the military found lizards and chameleons. And allegedly, the military says that these were deployed to find out where Iran was mining and developing uranium. (laughs) (laughs) Chapana's just shaking her head. I think she's over us. The military advisor informed the media that the lizard's skin was capable of attracting atomic waves. But he said the espionage effort failed miserably. It's slightly unclear how he reached this conclusion, but the attempt would have failed no matter what because lizard skin isn't capable of absorbing measurable atomic waves. Furthermore, as a cold-blooded animal... They would likely would not have sought out the cold, dark caves to be in. But that's not the first time that animals have been accused of spying. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) In 2016, a large griffin vulture had a six-foot wingspan crossed to the Israeli border into Lebanon. When local villagers caught the bird, it was found to be wearing a small tracking device on its foot. And so the locals assumed that the bird was sent to spy on them. The vulture was actually part of a program. They were using the trackers because they were trying to repopulate the raptors in the Middle East. And he had been living at a nature reserve. It was eventually returned to his home. Although UN peacekeepers had to intervene to get it back. But wait, there's more. An Israeli vulture was also detained in 2011 by the Saudi Arabian government. That vulture was wearing a GPS tag which was actually studying the endangered bird's movement patterns, and they thought it, too, was spying on them. But Iran isn't a stranger to alleging animal espionage, because in 2007, they detained 14 squirrels. Oh, for the love of God. (laughs) That were said to be equipped with spying equipment. (laughs) I feel like... Allegedly, the squirrels had some sort of small recording or radio device that was used for eavesdropping. Yes, because we all know the squirrels wander into a room and just hide themselves and hang out in the corner and sit there very still and listen to people's conversations for hours on end. Yes. In 2015. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. A Palestinian political organization claimed that they apprehended a dolphin 
that was spying for Israeli forces. How do they know that it was spying for the Israeli forces? They Did alleged, they interrogate it? They alleged that the dolphin was outfitted with spying equipment, including but not limited to cameras. In 2014, when Russia took over Crimea, they infiltrated a Ukrainian military unit, and they found what they described as several combat dolphins. Apparently, they're not up with the times, because I've heard nowadays... We use alligators. <laughs> my my question is: Drugs. In what way do they like? How do they combat? Do you they just have to ask the Russians? Because they're the ones that came up with some of this shit. Well, okay. Do they? But all of this just, stuff is yeah. All this. God, stuff. I'm so glad I don't live in a state that's as paranoid as that. I know. Now you're gonna start looking at squirrels funny, aren't you? And, I mean, we and do lizards. live in a state that's as stupid as that, but not as paranoid. Right. Is that the end of your article? Yeah. That's the end of that. Yeah. I've got one for you. I'll oh. wait till you're done having a sip. Mm-hmm. Why bother? I did it to you. A new scientific paper has come out. Sea snakes that have long been known to attack human divers are probably just on the prowl for sex. So oh there is a venomous creature. It's known as the olive sea snake. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Inhabits tropical coral reefs. They can grow up to six feet long. Yeah. They're pretty cool looking. They are. Not going to lie. Sea snakes are really amazing creatures. They've been reported to attack human divers unprovoked, which even if the snake doesn't bite you, which of course is pretty deadly. Could be scary. It scares the divers, causes them to panic, which then can have bad, you know. Get out of their habitat. So the researchers reviewed data and various other things about sea snake attacks and they noticed that the attacks mainly involve male snakes during breeding season and that they typically occurred in the middle of activities like sea snake courting rituals or two rival males fighting that makes sense in fact it's just a lovesick boy looking for a girlfriend and making a rather foolish mistake says one of the co-authors of the paper. So the snakes have somewhat poor vision, and they are seemingly launching themselves at divers in an attempt to find out if they are a suitable mate. That's what I do. I just launch myself. You, you find... I do. I launch. <laughs> <laughs> they just go, hey, there's a big thing over there. I'll go check to see if it's a female snake. And once they realize their air, they typically leave. That's why it is recommended that if you find yourself in the unpleasant situation of being in the ocean and a sea snake comes to explore you, you should remain calm and allow the snake to investigate you with its tongue. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Also, it has been noted that sea snakes move so fast you probably won't be able to get away anyway. And trying to fight it is likely to make the snake more aggressive. All right, I'm going to cross that off my bucket list. So I just want you to know that if you are diving in the ocean, just allow it to happen. Just let the snake explore you. Let it With its tongue. (laughs) Oh, dear God. All right. It's just looking to get laid. You're looking to get a little lucky. Aren't we all? So it's like most men around the world. Looking to get lucky. Yep. All right. This story is called Sweet Little Millie. Okay. This is a story about every parent's worst nightmare come true. 
You do know we're doing Tell Me Something, not Murder, Mischief, and Moscato. I do. Okay. It's the kidnapping of someone's baby. Oh, Jesus. And it starts on January 9th of 1945. Not a human baby, is it? Why are you trying maybe, to second-guess my story? Maybe it's a sea snake baby. <laughs> so the story starts on January 9th of 1945, where a young, unknown woman shows up at the Fort Worth, Texas home of the mother, Velma McGill. The unknown woman has a very generous gift of brand-new baby clothing that still has the tags on it. Oh. And, of course, Velma invites this young woman in. Velma's very poor. She can use the clothing. And due to the generosity of this unknown woman, Velma has no problem allowing her to hold the three-week-old baby, Mildred Louise. Okay. Velma's husband was away at that time of the day, so it was actually just her and her sweet little baby, Millie, all home alone. Now, the young unknown woman just thought Mildred, Mil- Mildred, or Millie, was a beautiful, beautiful baby. She was absolutely enchanted with this baby. So sweet, so innocent, so adorable. And thus, the unknown woman asked if she could take the baby downstairs to show her mother, who was waiting downstairs in the car. And this is where Velma McGill makes a very serious error in judgment. But she's young. And this unknown woman is exceedingly generous. And these simply these things just, they don't happen in 1945. Okay. After some research, I actually could find only 10, 10 reported occurrences between 1900 and 1945 okay. of children abductions in the United States, the entire United States. So that's one every four and a half years. So I can understand that Velma was trusting with a stranger. She just were. And I'm sure everyone listening knows what's going to happen next. The lady, the unknown woman, took the baby downstairs and never returns. There's actually no mother to show the baby to. She just put little infant Millie in her vehicle and drove away. Because why not? As soon as Velma's aware of the situation, she contacted the Fort Worth police and they began an intense search for the woman described as a 20-year-old attractive blonde with a car. And that's basically all they had to go on. Luckily, young Millie was found abandoned at the Fort Worth Greyhound Station the very next afternoon. The abductress had left her in the care of a traveler's aid attendant at the station. The kidnapper said she would be back after eating lunch, but she actually never returned. So she kidnaps the baby and then she abandons the baby. Ten days later, detectives arrested a 19-year-old woman named Melba Branson in Laredo, Texas, on the charges of kidnapping Millie McGill. They thought she was a blonde-haired person, but it turns out she was actually a brunette. She was wearing a wig. Oh, alrighty then. Melba immediately, immediately admitted that she kidnapped the baby, but she's also quick to point out that that was not her original intention. It turns out that she had been pregnant herself and had suffered a miscarriage following a fall at a swimming pool just 10 days prior to the kidnapping. And for whatever reason, maybe it wasn't home, We're not really sure. She didn't tell her husband, who was a lieutenant in the Army, that she had lost their baby. So Melba had already purchased all the clothing for her own child, and she actually did decide to give it away to someone who was in great need, and that's how she found Millie and her mother. At least that was the plan until she saw how cute and adorable the three-week-old infant was. Suddenly, she decided to take the baby and run. She went downstairs. She hopped in a cab, so she hadn't even had a car. Jeez. Her mother hadn't been waiting. There wasn't any car. She simply hopped in a cab and she left the scene. Melba's new plan was to pass the child off as her own 
to her unsuspecting husband, and then they would raise it as their own. She then hopped on a bus to Fort Worth, but along the way she got cold feet, and that is when she decided to leave the baby with the attendant at the bus station and just go home without young Millie. So Mrs. Branson is eventually freed on a $10,000 bond, but she still faced trial on the kidnapping charges. If she was found guilty, she faced a sentence of 5 to 25 years in prison, and Millie's mother, Mrs. McGill, was adamant that she should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Now, I know what you're thinking. History is filled with stories of desperate wannabe mothers who kidnap someone else's child and run off with them. Sometimes they end well, sometimes they don't. But this story is not like those stories. This story is going to take a really strange turn, and that's why we're talking about it today. Okay. The day before Melba Branson's trial on February began on February 18th of 1945, it was revealed that Millie's parents, Velma and her husband, had filed for divorce. And Velma was actually going to testify on the kidnapper's behalf at the trial. But not only that, she wanted Melba the kidnapper to be awarded the custody of her now two-month-old baby, Millie. What the hell is going on? I have no idea what the hell is happening here. But you did hear that right. The mom wanted to give her daughter Millie away to the kidnapper. I think it was a custody fight, and the mom said, well, if I can't have her, you can't have her either. Well, I mean... And maybe she wasn't really well mentally. I don't know. There is something really bizarre. I'm... Of course, Mr. McGill, the father of Millie, had a totally different idea. Divorce was fine, but there was no way his daughter's going to give be given away to her kidnapper. Nobody was going to take his daughter away from him, which tells me that that's might be why Mrs. McGill had the idea in the first place. So the trial began the next day on February 19th with the kidnapper Melba Branson entering the courtroom with eight-week-old Millie sleeping in her arms. Mr. McGill quickly walked over and blurted out, let me have my baby, and grabbed Millie and ran out of the courtroom. <laughs> I don't know if that classifies as a kidnapping. Oh, my Lord. But if it does, this is Millie's second I, kidnapping I mean... in her very brief lifetime. <laughs> So, Mr. McGill ran out of the courtroom. His intentions were to turn over the baby to his sister, Annie Mae McGill, and allow her to raise the baby. What the hell? I thought he said... I don't want the baby. You can't have the baby. I'm going to give the baby to her. No, I'm going to give the baby to her. Basically, that's it. I was going to say, I thought he he said nobody was going to take his baby away from him. He didn't say he couldn't give the baby away, though. Oh, my God. People are strange. I don't want the baby, but I don't want you to have the baby either. So Mr. McGill takes the baby and runs. He is suddenly stopped out in the hallway by the assistant district attorney. He really didn't get far at all, okay? He really didn't get anywhere. The courts are not impressed with either side. And apparently no one at this table is impressed with either side. The court has a different plan in mind. Since neither of the parents wanted to seemed to want Millie, and the mother strangely wanted to award custody to her kidnapper, they turned Millie over to the care of the county juvenile authorities. In addition, they took away Mrs. McGill's 18-month-old son from a previous marriage. She doesn't sound real stable. No. Mm -mm. And I just have written in my notes, I'm really confused right now. I wrote the story, and I'm not sure I can keep track of what is happening here. I get the feeling that Velma is quite the mover and shaker in this town, and I'm not sure that's a good thing. So the district attorney really wanted to make an example of Mrs. Branson as a warning to future kidnappers, but in the end, the jury acquitted her of all the charges. Not only that, but she didn't get Millie. 
30 minutes after the trial ended, the McGills announced that they had reconciled. Oh, my God. That's exactly what I have in my paper. Oh, my God. (laughs) They dropped their plans for divorce, said they wanted to try again, but there were no guarantees that this would get their babies back. The court still had them, and the district attorney was determined to keep the children from returning to these two fruitcakes. Smart move, Sherlock. A hearing on the matter took place on March 1st, and the state or the judge denied the state's request that the two children be made of a ward of the county, so the McGills did get their children back. So here's our timeline. January 9th is kidnapping. January 10th is the recovery of the child. January 20th is the arrest of the kidnapper. Less than a month later, February 18th, the divorce is filed. February 19th, the trial starts. February 20th, they take the second child away. February 20th through the 28th, because the trial lasts a couple days, the trial ends, the McGills reconcile, and on March 1st, the McGills get their children back. So the story. Is that the end? Oh, it can't be ever after? No. Everybody stayed on the straight and narrow. No. The bizarreness of the story is not quite over. The entire McGill family, Millie, her brother Donald, Velma, and her husband, all four of them, moved in with Mr. and Mrs. O.H. Fincher, who happened to be the parents of Melba Branson. And that is the end of the story. John doesn't even have words because, oh my God, and what the fuck, no longer cover what's going through her head. (laughs) And that is why this story belongs on this podcast. God, I need a bottle of wine now. Hey, I mean, what the hell I mean, just happened? It's at Mary's house. There's bottle of wine. There's wine everywhere. everywhere so. Feel free. We'll, we'll pause this. Feel oh free. Go pop one open. I'm so confused. Wow. I just don't even have words, okay? No words. No words at all. Thanks, so. everybody, who stopped by and lent us their ears. We hope you enjoyed our story today and our tidbits. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the look on Johanna's face. I'm probably lucky she didn't beat her head on the table. And I am lucky she did not kill me. It's early. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. You can find us um TMSIDNTK at gmail.com. Feel free to uh, send us a note, a letter. We're on Twitter at TMSIDNTK. We welcome suggestions, ideas, comments. We do thank our listeners for their ideas and their input. And if you enjoyed your short stop with us, you know you can find us pretty much absolutely everywhere. So feel free to subscribe, follow the podcast, do what you got to do. Leave us, leave us a rating and review. Um, any last words, Hannah? I need some wine. All right. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy, in every life we have some trouble, but when you worry you make it double, don't worry, 
Be happy, don't worry, be happy now. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. No place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry. Be happy. The landlord say your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry. Be happy. Look at me. I'm happy. Don't worry. Be happy. I give you my phone number. When you worry, call me. I make you happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Ain't got no cash. Ain't got no style. Ain't got no gal to make you smile, but don't worry. Be happy. Cause when you worry, your face will frown, and that will bring everybody down. So don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't do it. Be happy. Put a smile on your face. Don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry. Be happy. I'm not worried.